Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, jerky duty. Adara brings the case against her friend Bobby. They host a radio show together. Bobby likes to do fake celebrity phone calls on air. Adara thinks that while it's sometimes funny, it's not always successful. She'd like him to limit his fake calls. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom and presents an obscure cultural reference. So, you have a podcast, Judge John Hodgman, which is getting a lot of attention? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. Would you call it a controversial podcast? Yeah, I, I would call it controversial. <laughs> a lot of people do not like what is in this podcast. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what's the podcast about? Well, basically it's the ultimate argument settler. Can you go into that a little bit more? No. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, swear them in. Adara, Bobby, please rise. Raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he was an original member of the Jerky Boys? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I do. Judge Hodgman? You may be seated with all your shoes and glasses. For an immediate summary judgment, well, first of all, I should say, this is our last uh, recording session here in the studios of WERU with uh, super producer, uh, guest producer, Joel Mann. Joel? The joy and laughter will leave with you. <laughs> I lo- I'm glad to leave only darkness behind. <laughs> Thank you for doing it all this summer. It's been great, John. Make sure you check out Joel and his uh, jazz trio, Night and Day, on the porch of the Pentagon Inn every Tuesday evening from 5 to 8 p.m., all the way through the end of this month, September. Uh, it's the most beautiful time in Maine, and I'm not going to be here, I'm afraid. So, Joel, you can also make a guess on this one. Maybe you'll win for an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors. Can either or any of you, Adara, Bobby, or Joel, name the piece of culture that I was referencing when I entered the courtroom? Why don't we start uh, with you, Adara? All right. I just forgot the name of the movie I was going to reference. So let's go with Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. Good morning, but I prefer to be called Jesse. <laughs> I just remembered my original guess. It's Don't Think Twice, the movie by Mike Birbiglia and Ira Glass. Don't Think Twice, the movie by Mike Birbiglia and Ira Glass. How much did Mike and Ira pay for you to guess that? <laughs> so now there are two guesses in. So, Bobby, I'm going to allow you to make two guesses. Yeah. They were really writing me about getting like a lot of guesses lined up to guess your pop culture reference. And I was like, I'm not going to practice anything. Good for you. That's my attitude whenever I do this. (laughs) I take it you don't have a guess. You're playing for time. So I'm going to give you a hint. I have a guess. It popped in my head. My guess is that it was a a, um, conversation between Alexander Graham Bell and his assistant when they were first testing out the telephone. All right. Well, those are all wrong. Joel, it's up to you. Can you guess? Here, I'm going to give you the hint since Bobby didn't want it. <laughs> what if I told you, Joel, that the band Madness rules by definition because they invented ska? I was going to say Martha Stewart and Snoop Dogg on the cooking show, uh-huh. but now I'm totally confused. Well, all guesses are wrong. Judge Hodgman, I know this one. Do you, Jesse? I knew it before the hint. Well, that's because I gave it to you. <laughs> Sent the thing to you. Oh, no, that's right. You didn't know the answer when I sent it to you. Okay, go ahead. I only saw the dust of the script. I didn't see anything else besides that script of that exchange. It's absolutely true. That's our friends John Worcester and Tom Sharpling on the best show on WFMU, now known as The Best Show, from their classic album, Rock, Rot, and Rule. Absolutely. Rock, Rot, and Rule. 1997, Jesse Thorne. 21 years ago. That album can buy alcohol now. That's how classic it is. Surprise, Joel, you didn't know about this classic album of comedy. These guys are really the Joe Bird and the Field Hippies of long-form radio comedy. (laughs) Tom Sharpling hosts a show called The Best Show. It was originally a radio show. Now it's a web show. And it's a call-in show with real callers. But every week uh, when he's available, John Worcester, who's the drummer for Super Chunk and Mountain Goats and a bunch of other Mm. bands, would call in as a character of a wide array of different characters that he would do. And the first and perhaps most seminal one of these was his character, Ronald Thomas Clontal, 
author of a book called Rock, Rotten Rule, The Ultimate Argument Settler, in which he just lists names of bands and then a single word next to them delineating whether they rock, whether they rot, or do they rule. So, for example, Madness, the band Madness, rules by definition because they invented ska. But David Bowie rots because too many changes. <laughs> now, Joel Mann, you work at a radio station. Did the band Madness invent ska? No. Of course not. Of course they didn't. But this got people so angry that they called up and started yelling at John Worcester in character. And it's one of the funniest 47 minutes uh, that I've ever listened to. And I encourage you all to go find it wherever you can. I believe it's part of the big box set of The Best Show, which is worth having if you like radio and if you like fake voices, Bobby. Because this one's for you. You call into your own show with fake voices. You didn't get rock, rotten rule? No. Well, guess what? I rule against you. Immediate summary judgment in Adar's favor. No, no, Tom Sharpling. Good heavens. So tell me your story, you guys. First of all, Bobby, I'm already against you because you call all nuts peanuts. Oh, oh no. I was trying to keep that a secret. No, nothing's a secret from me. You guys, you I already ruled on a case between you, you guys because you... Really, John? Nothing is a secret from you. <laughs> he sees all. Yeah, that's why I'm so wise. Okay. Because I put Nest cameras into every home in America. <laughs> John Hodgman is not only a podcast, it's also a panopticon. I, we've known each other a long time. I, th- I consider us very good friends, but I didn't know that. I held no secrets from you. <laughs> I know it all. I know everything, Jesse. Well, no, I don't know everything, but I definitely know that Adara and Bobby wrote in a case that I adjudicated in the New York Times magazine. And it was you, Adara, who brought the complaint, or was it someone else that Bobby annoys? No, it was me. Yeah, she's yeah. got a lot of problems right. with me. Yeah, Bobby calls all nuts peanuts because he thinks all nuts are the same. <laughs> and this made me very upset because words have meaning. And also, some nuts aren't true nuts. Some are legumes. Some are droops. So there you go. Bobby, you're already two down now. Oh, I've grown from that experience, though. I have a new understanding. That's right. And you're about to have a new, new one. I'm just trying to imagine just eating a macadamia nut and thinking it was the same <laughs> as a peanut. It's just sickening. <laughs> Where do you guys live again? Ashland, Oregon. Ashland, Oregon. Well, that explains it, Jesse. They only have one kind of nut there. Brazil nuts. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very sad town. (laughs) Ashland, Oregon. That is in southern Oregon, is it not? It is. Yeah, Yeah, I don't want to blow up anybody's spot, but that's not too far from where my friend Bruce Campbell lives or lived. (laughs) I actually haven't spoken to him in a couple of years, so please don't chase him down and tell him I gave up his vacation. John, do you think we could get Bruce Campbell to be in the Oregon Shakespeare Festival based in Ashland, Oregon? Uh, I think that probably he could. That's right. More Ashland connections, the Shakespeare Oregon Festival. Also us. Okay. Yeah. Let's get back to you, Bobby. (laughs) And you, Adara. Yeah, Bobby and Adaro, where do you stand on that one water fountain in Ashland, Oregon that puts out gross mineral water? (laughs) <laughs> uh, we have subjected friends to it who are visiting and then laughed at them after they drank from it. I enjoy it. Classic pranks. Is it mineral water straight up from the ground like in Saratoga Springs? And it sort of tastes like you're licking the inside of a pipe? Yes. Yeah. That's a wonderful summary. <laughs> it's very sulfuric. Like you're licking the inside of a pipe where a bunch of uh, hard-boiled eggs were stored for too long? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's it. But it has healing powers, so... That's pseudoscience, Bobby. Is that how Ashland, Oregon got settled? Was it a hot springs, curing waters kind of town? Or was it primarily known for its um, freeform radio? A little of both. And some gold. Yeah. People went out there chasing freeform radio, and when they found the gold, they stayed. All right. What is your radio show? What station is it on? This is the topic of conversation. We have a radio show called Dream Infringement. It is on KSKQ, our local community radio station, um, which we love dearly. And every mm-hmm. week we come up with a theme and tell stories and play songs about that. And it's interspersed with a lot of banter because we have a lot to say. Mm-hmm. And there are four hosts. You are 50% of the hosts of this show. Yeah. Who are the other hosts? 
My wife, Emily, and our good friend, Jennifer. Fantastic. Give me the day uh, it's on every week and the time. Every Monday from 6 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, well, that sounds very cute, and I'm grateful to use this podcast to buzz market your show. I listened to a little bit on some of the SoundCloud clips that you sent over as evidence. Uh, all that evidence is be posted on the Judge John Hodgman page on uh, uh, MaximumFun.org because it is SoundCloud evidence. It will not be on our Instagram page at uh, Instagram.com slash Judge John Hodgman. You should go there and follow it anyway because it's a lot of fun. Um, it's a lot of banter. It's a lot of talk and friends getting together once a week to enjoy each other and probably four or five listeners tuning in and then it's available on the <laughs> web, I presume, as well. Yeah, that- it is. Bobby is our biggest fan. He listens more than anyone. Uh-huh, I do. <laughs> and the problem here is that Bobby, in the tradition of Ronald Thomas Clontel and other radio fake callers a la Phil Hendry, you call into the show or pretend to call into the show Oh, man, I just got a big nod of approval from Joel Mann on that Phil Hendry reference. I really <laughs> touched some spot in Joel on that one. I'm glad that that got to you, Joel. Thank you. Uh, you call in or pretend to call in as characters, as famous people who are not you. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. It's mainly for our pledge drives. I thought it would be really fun to kind of mix things up um, and keep things moving kind of you know, so it isn't a drag <laughs> through the whole hour um, of us just begging people to donate money. <laughs> um, and I just mm-hmm. thought it would be I thought it would be like something to kind of like, you know, mix it up a little bit and keep things interesting. He says it's mainly for the pledge drives. He did do one this very Monday. And in the past couple months, I would say around one per episode. So how long has this been going on, Adara? Since our spring pledge drive. So that would be May? So a few months. Started at the pledge drive, but now you're saying he's gotten a little bit of a taste for it. What kind of characters does he play when he calls in Adara? He will play a variety of people. A lot of people that I don't really know because I was raised by hippies um, without popular culture. Also born in the late Mm -hmm. 90s, so she missed all of that. I am as old as your... Obscure cultural reference. Oh, wow. Well, congratulations on uh, uh, being able to buy alcohol. It has been thrilling. Yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday. It's an exciting <laughs> life event. Uh, so you don't know the na- even the names of the people that he's pretending to be? No, um, I do. So, okay, so tell me the his names. first one ever was Dr. Oz. Also a proponent of pseudoscience. <laughs> <laughs> and on Monday, he did Batman. He's also done Justin Bieber, uh-huh. Gilbert Gottfried, Tim Gunn, and Michael <laughs> and Kors. You don't know who any of these people are? I know who Tim Gunn and Michael Kors are. I have heard of Batman. Um, <laughs> but you don't know who he is. <laughs> I guess he's some kind of, I don't know, guy who loves bats. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. Adara, would you cover your ears? Bobby, Joel, Jesse, let's not tell Adara who Batman is. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just have her believe that there's been this comic book since the 20s about a guy who loves bats. <laughs> Every issue is just a guy going, I love those bats and taking care of bats. And nothing happens or something. Anything else you want to trick her with? He probably has to get some <laughs> insects to feed him. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He's a bat keeper. Signal to Adara. She can take her, her hands off her ears now. Oh. And I'm back. Adara, tell us what you think Batman is. Well, from Monday, I heard a lot about um, a city. Wrong. It's about a guy who likes bats. This is true. Okay, let's move on. Bobby? (laughs) Yeah. Give me some of your Batman. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, It's kind of like, hi, I'm Batman. It's not good. I mean, that's the whole point of it. I would agree. (laughs) thank you i would agree the whole point (laughs) no no stand by stand this is my podcast it's not your radio show my podcast let me hear you justin bieber hey guys want to make some pop music all right i mean it's uncanny (laughs) thank you 
Thank you. I follow him on Instagram, so. I listened to a little of your call-in as Robert Downey Jr. Give me a little RDJ. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm a big-time movie star. I don't... It's bad. I know it's bad. I agree. <laughs> what I love about that is you're doing the joke of not doing an impression, but describing who you are, right? But, so it's like... Hi, I'm Batman. I'm a man who loves bats, like everyone knows through popular culture. Or, hey, I'm Justin Bieber. I'm a pop singer. You're not changing anything. But with Robert Downey Jr., like you're not only doing that non-joke, but you're also being woefully unspecific. It's like, and I was like, hi, I'm Robert Downey Jr. I star in the Avengers films. It's like, hi, I'm Robert Downey Jr., a man with three names. <laughs> Let me hear your Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, no. I don't know what's going to come out because I only did it that one time. So, okay, here we go. I'm really hoping that you say I'm Batman again, but here we go. You do your thing. <laughs> hey, guys, what's going on? It's bad. I know it's bad. Yeah, but in that one, at least you're trying. Yeah, I had to cover half my face to do now, it. I I'm pretty sure you're trying to do Al Pacino. <laughs> I think you're trying to do Gilbert Gottfried as Christian Bale, as Batman. Let's take a quick recess and hear about another one of the great shows from MaximumFun.org. We'll be back with more Judge John Hodgman in just a moment. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast, always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash Join, and you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame, you can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024. 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I, I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step-by-step, day-by-day, bird-by-bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. 
The court of Judge John Hodgman is back in session. You've heard some of Bobby's celebrity impressions. Now let's get back into the courtroom to hear why he does these impressions on his radio show with Adara. So obviously with these fake calls, you're not fooling anybody. What's your inspiration for doing this? Well, okay. Um, I have been an avid listener of the Judge John Hodgman men podcast for a f- like a couple years i and and I, when i first discovered it i was listening Wait to like a you bunch calling of- all my callers fake is that what you're saying you no, 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 no. fake yeah why do you think people love this show so much they tune in to hear the magic of the man of a thousand voices <laughs> hey guys i'm the bad brother and i'm the other bad brother remember that one that's a great hit Hey, it's me, a lady who has a chart for how close she is in friendship to everybody in her life. I'm walking here. (laughs) I tell you, I don't get no respect. I got a system for how to do the dishes around the house. My wife doesn't like it. I get no respect. (laughs) Okay, what were you saying, Bobby? What was your inspiration? When did you get this idea? So I was listening to an old episode of Judge John Hodgman, and there was this episode... We were getting like it was the week of our pledge drive. It was coming up and there was a lot of nerves between the four of us of like, what are we going to do? And then I heard this episode where you were uh, you were acting, you were like doing uh, a character which was uh, like Bruce Banner. Like you were kind of between Bruce Banner and the Hulk. And you're talking about how you had dropped your money down a sewer grate and you're trying to get it back. I don't remember all the specifics. I tried to find it, but I couldn't. I feel like a man suffering from amnesia. Yeah, so you're saying that this whole concept came from you having one weird malaria dream? <laughs> well, I heard that and and it was really funny to... It was just you doing your own voice and then saying you were the Hulk and, um, and it was really... I don't know. It was funny to kind of see... Jesse Thorne's reaction and 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 I thought I'm gonna bring something like this to the table it'll be great for the pledge drive and so I came up with like a bunch of really crazy scenarios that would ultimately end in us you know in me asking like how am I supposed to donate this money if I wanted to and then they provide the information on air and they loved it I could tell they really enjoyed it. They were like, what? Because I surprised them with it. And and they were kind of thrown off a little bit. But it they also seemed to really, they thought it was funny, I thought. Adara, you wouldn't be here if you thought it was funny. <laughs> what do you think of the man of a single voice? And, well, and two voices, the Bobby voice and his weird mutant Godfrey voice. <laughs> And what kind of energy does it bring to your radio show? So I will say, I actually thought that the Robert Downey Jr. one, kind of funny, entertaining. Um, But I would also say that the phone calls take a long time. Mm -hmm. And that I think that Bobby has done funnier bits. What (laughs) bits would you have him do? I totally love Bobby. I think he's great on the air. Look, we all love Bobby. We all love Bobby <laughs> off the air. Mm-hmm. But what's the best Bob bit? I think the best Bobby bits are not necessarily like planned out bits. Not that these are planned out because he is never more prepared than we are. He generally starts out mm-hmm. not knowing who he's going to impersonate and then expects us to also run with it. Is there one that has gone spectacularly wrong? (laughs) I would say that among the ones that have gone the most wrong, the one where he talked about baseball was probably the most disastrous (laughs) in that it wasn't actually a fake phone call, but we were all very confused by it. And the Robert Downey Jr. one also went pretty disastrously wrong in that Jennifer thought it was an actual phone ringing and kept trying to answer the studio phone because it was a pledge drive. And if we don't answer the phones, then we don't get the money. I am chomping at the bit right now. I have so much I want to say. Oh, no, you are not, sir. (laughs) Oh, no, you are not chomping at any bits in my courtroom. You are champing at the bit. Oh, yeah, I can be a pedant about it. Champing at the bit is the phrase you wish to be using. 
Apologies, Your Honor. I'll let you champ a second more, champ. Let's take a little listen to this uh, Robert Downey Jr. bit. Speaking of being on top, um, I think we have another another celebrity that's scheduled to call in any minute now. What? Yeah, any minute now. He's. I told him call in around seven thirty-two and a half minutes. So we should wait an hour. Six thirty-two. I'm mean, sorry. <laughs> yeah, call us when we're not here. <laughs> call Marco. Call Marco. All right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> And we have a call. We do? We do. <laughs> Where did the phone go? <laughs> that, that, I think this is our celebrity calling in right now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Jennifer, you want to answer that phone? The celebrity phone call? Oh, oh not the real life one <laughs> that's yeah. happening? It's still oh. ringing. Oh, no. No. We you, can't find the phone. What? You answer it. Hello? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Hi there. This was just so well done. I'm really Hi there. Impressed. I'm Mr. Ed. No, this, okay. <laughs> this is Robert Downey Jr. All right. There was a phone ringing. Was that a fake phone? Is that a phone sound effect? It was fake. Yes. Right. But it sounds a lot like the actual phone in our studio. Yeah. All right. It was confusing. And Bobby, A, you were not definitely not doing a Robert Downey Jr. voice. <laughs> and B, you didn't even sound like you were on the phone. Obviously, you were standing there right in front of them. All of a sudden, you're claiming to be Robert Downey Jr. How is it that your co-hosts aren't going to start thinking that maybe they're having a stroke? And just the way I felt, like, like, like I was having a, a, a mental collapse when you were describing my doing a Bruce Banner, you know, between Bruce Banner Hulk bit, losing my money down a well or whatever thing that never happened, gaslighting me with that stuff. This is disruptive to your cohort, don't you agree? I understand that it is. Like it does throw them off, but I feel like I've done a lot of experimenting in the studio with different bits and different like I've just kind of put things out there. Um, and a lot of it is dependent on their reaction. And they tend to uh, how should I say this? Like thrive in a an environment with boundaries and um, rules you know, that kind of thing. And so I feel like when I yeah. can kind of create Only child this... paradise is what you mean. <laughs> when I can create a situation that does throw them off, it's really fascinating to me to see like what, what they do about it. And so... So creating chaos and disruption for your co-hosts, for your own amusement is the benefit. Is it a benefit to the show? Do you have any feedback from your listener about this? People <laughs> like this thing? Uh, um, well, I don't. There's not a lot of listeners who like uh, will say, I really liked that last show and this is why. I would disagree. Well, you have you have more Thank friends. You. <laughs> you have more friends that are listeners. <laughs> Adara, what kind of feedback have you gotten for Bobby's uh, celebrity impressions? So what I would say to that is that we haven't gotten any feedback on it. Whereas with other things we do, we might have someone call in and say, like, I'm really enjoying what you're doing. Keep it up. Bobby, you do these during the pledge drive. Have they ever engendered any pledges? Um, I, I mean, I feel that I personally have drawn pledges. I don't know if the phone calls themselves have motivated people to take out their wallets. I would say that our station manager once called in and made a pledge during our show, but I wouldn't say that that was because of the phone bit. But we may not be able to find out if it was connected. We do ask why they donated. We do? Yeah. Okay. Have you only ever gotten one pledge? (laughs) And it was from the station manager? That really was what that story seemed to be suggesting. On our last pledge drive, we got two pledges, and we did get a record for our yeah. like monetary donations. So, but how was the person connected to the show that made the biggest pledge? I'll allow this question. <laughs> it does seem to be leading, but I'll allow it. I'll see where he's going with the Dara. Answer the question, please. The biggest pledge we got was from 
a person in the community who Bobby knows. Bobby has done work for him. Um, but he was a KSKQ fan before knowing Bobby That's and enjoyed true. our show before he knew Bobby was on it. What kind of work do you do for this billionaire in Ashland who <laughs> gave your station a billion dollars? I uh, I clean windows. Is this a radio station or are you guys just talking loud in a city park? <laughs> you can't see where Joel Mann and I are right now, W-E-R-U, but this is a old-time community radio station, community-supported, right, Joel? That's right. And this place is a dump, but I'll say this. It's full of great people, great music, and a lot of community support. And it's been around for 30 years. Jesse Thorne's Maximum Fun Network is also pledge drive supported. Money is raised. It sounds like you guys are just getting two or three pledges. What's the size of the station? What's going on? Well... The station is slightly larger than a studio apartment. How long has it been around? Almost 10 years, maybe. It's changed hands and names a number of times. Yeah. What other kind of stuff do they have on the station? Uh, there's like reggae. Um, they play right, a lot of never democracy. Mind. I, get it. I got the picture. I got the picture. <laughs> reggae. That's all I need to know. <laughs> I know exactly what kind of radio station this is. There's the dog with the bandana who has the folk show. There's also a lot of world music. Do you have any white people with dreadlocks who do fake Jamaican patois? A lot. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's a classic. It's Ashland, Oregon. Come on. <laughs> so this is a new enterprise, relatively new. Where does your show rank in the popularity of the station? It doesn't sound like you're big earners for the station. I'd say we're up there. Yeah. Adara? A lot of people have called us new and vibrant. And fresh. And fun. Yeah. yeah. Right. right. All right. I got you. A lot of programmers have mentioned that we, we bring like a youthful voice in because mm-hmm. we're always like, we're always looking up. I don't want to, I don't, I don't know if this is like buzz marketing, but we're always Googling things. <laughs> and I don't think they do that very much. <laughs> Pretty much this whole episode is a buzz market for your show. You understand that, right? <laughs> That's the goal. I realize that now. <laughs> Bobby, how much preparation you put into these gags? You just start, <laughs> you don't even know who you're going to be? So, okay. Um, uh, when it first started out, um, I, you know what? I really, uh, you know what? Bo- I like no, the- Bobby, f- stop, stop. What? Bobby, stop. I know that you're a fan of the Judge Sean Hodgman show, and I love your energy. But you are starting and stopping with very little flow. Collect your thoughts. Okay. Answer your question. Dara, how much effort does Bobby put into these characters? How much planning does go into them, to the best of your knowledge? Well, you've listened. Um, so I would say that you can probably tell that there isn't a lot of planning. For example, in the Dr. Oz call, he didn't actually know what Dr. Oz did. (laughs) What was his guess? That he was a doctor in Oz? (laughs) That he was a physician in the Emerald City? (laughs) Specializing in houses falling on people? (laughs) He's a large animal veterinarian specializing in horses that change color? Um, He said something about Oprah and that he might be a surgeon. That's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, throw in Love's Blueberries and you got a pretty good picture of Dr. Oz. Would you like this bit to continue or would you like it to end? I mean, you're bringing this to court. I have the power to shut down this whole line of arguable comedy from Bobbity. Bobbity. Excuse me. <laughs> Luckily, this I isn't think... radio. It's a podcast, so we can edit it. But leave it in. I'll make. I'll even my mistakes. You want me to shut down Bobbity on this one? So what I would say to that is that originally I really wanted it to not happen again. But after talking to Bobby about it, he seems really passionate about it. And as co-hosts, I would feel sad if he had to stop doing something that he loved. But I would like some Mm -hmm. conditions to be attached to it. All right. What conditions? I want him to know who he is going to impersonate before he starts the Uh call. And to tell the person that he is calling that he will be calling them and impersonating this person and the direction that he wants to go. Not a script, but just like, this would be the general ending that I would like so that we can support him in his comedy. That sounds pretty reasonable to me, Bobby. What do you think about that? 
Does that go against your desire to throw your co-hosts and friends into chaos and confuse them for your own amusement? Well, I do like the idea of having a Rolodex of celebrity names in my head. That's what I do when I first get into the studio and I'm preparing for lots of calls, I guess, for a pledge drive. So I have a few names in my head and I like the randomness of them not knowing who it's going to be because I think that it's like a phone call that's coming in and you don't know who who it's going to be. And I like the idea that that it would catch them off guard and then they have to adjust for that. But we hate phone calls. Is it a call-in show? It is not. It's not. All right. So I'm about ready to make my verdict, but um, before I do, I'm, I want to ask Adara a couple of follow-up questions. And while I'm doing that, at some point, Bobby, I just want you to go ring, ring, and then I want you to be a character. Much like your show, it isn't a call-in show. And I want to see how this goes here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Okay. So you, you get ready anytime you're ready. So Adara, a little bit earlier, Bobby mentioned uh, he wanted to have a Rolodex in his head. Now, you're 21 years old, so you don't know what a Rolodex is. A Rolodex is a kind of device for uh, cataloging bats, uh, such as are loved by the Batman ring, in the ring. famous... Oh, excuse me for a minute, Adara. Ring, telephone ring. here. Very strange. Jesse, can you reach the phone and hand it to me? Ring, yeah, here ring. you go. Thanks. Hello, Judge John Hodgman Show. You're on the air. Hello, this is star Carl Weathers from Predator. I'm a celebrity. Oh. You might remember me from that movie. Yeah, right. Like, you even needed to say his name. We all thought immediately, that's Carl <laughs> Weathers from Predator. Carl, you know what? I got to say, you're selling yourself short. You just All you need to do is say, this is the star of Predator. And I'm going to think, that's got to be Carl Weathers of Action Jackson and, of course, the Rocky movies. How are you, Carl? Oh, I've been better. What's going on? Well, they want to make another Predator, and I'm. they want me to be in it, but I, I haven't really kept up with my exercises, so oh, no. I'm afraid I won't have the bod that I had when we first did it. Are you out of shape? Is that what you're saying? Basically. Yeah. What's your exercise routine? Um, well, uh, I do a jog like every other day. But it's a struggle for me. Quick question, Carl. When you talk about doing a jog, are you talking about a short run or a single step? It's a good uh, a good 15-minute jog. Well, I'm going to tell you something, Carl Weathers. That is more than I do uh, of a day for exercise. Well, then why am I calling you? I wanted you to be my trainer. Oh, now, wait a minute. Just because I'm indolent and out of shape doesn't mean I can't be a trainer. I can follow you in a car and... And throw, you know, slabs of meat at you, just like in Rocky did. That uh, that crusty old man, Mick, throw slabs of meat at him. Get him to run faster up those stairs to the museum in Philadelphia. That's what I can do. I can do that for you, Carl Axon Jackson Weathers. That's the kind of energy I need. When do you start shooting? In three months. What's your goal weight? Uh, 160 pounds. 160 pounds? And what's your current weight, if I may ask? I'm 300 pounds. Yeah, that's a lot of meat I'm going to have to throw at you. And you can't eat any of it once I throw it, Carl. You understand that? I do. That's just training meat. And quick question, before I move and leave my family and move out to Ashland, Oregon, where you currently live, to start training you to be in the new Predator film, which is shooting in three months, even though I think it's coming out in two months. Is this mm -hmm. the sequel to the new one? Yeah, it is. Oh, okay. Before I make this commitment, Carl, has the studio actually... Called you and expressed interest in having you be in the film? Or are you just putting yourself on tape? <laughs> um, I really think the script that I wrote is going to get picked up. It's got some good stuff in it. And scene. You know what, Bobby? <laughs> what? I think I have everything I need in order to make my decision. I'll be back in a moment <laughs> with my verdict. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Bobby, how are you feeling about your chances in the case? Not good. <laughs> Adara, how are you feeling? I feel also not great. <laughs> yeah, I 
get the sense partly that if I were more willing to kind of step back and let Bobby lead, which I recently discovered is what he really wants out of these phone calls, a chance to just be funny against what's essentially a robot that gives yes or no answers, it would go better. And I guess I could be a more generous person and just let him do that. Have either of the two of you listened to the community radio show that I did uh, that became this podcast empire back when the manager of my community radio station was Judge John Hodgman producer Jennifer Marmer? No, but it sounds really good. Yeah, where do I find it? (laughs) It's not, and you shouldn't, but I'm still judging you for not having heard it. We'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all this when we come back in just a minute. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. You may be seated. First of all, Bobby, I have zero memory of doing a bit as Bruce Banner turning into the Hulk while confronting Pennywise the Clown at a sewer grate or whatever (laughs) it was. I can't even imagine the circumstances that would get me to that part or that I would be doing a... Jesse, do you have any memory of this at all? No, it's all kind of a haze to me. I, you know what? For a minute, <laughs> yeah. I thought I remembered it, but then I realized that was just the time that uh, me and Jordan did the Sound of Young America, our college radio show, in our underpants at the base of the UCSC campus and interviewed Mark Marin. and Mark Marin never let us live it down for now 18 <laughs> years. <laughs> Bobby, do you remember what verdict what that was, what episode that was? I need to know. Uh, or are you just a- playing with my mind? Are you playing with my mind for your own amusement the way you're playing with the minds of Adara and Emily? And what's the other name of the other co-host? Jennifer. Jennifer. You playing with my mind the way you're playing with their minds? No, no. It was, okay, all I remember is it was a pledge drive that you were doing the bit on. All right. Was it a pledge drive for Judge Sean Hodgman? Yeah, yeah. It was a pledge drive for... I'll interrupt you there. It was a pledge drive for maximum fun. Yeah, you guys were clearing the docket, I think, possibly. But yeah, you were definitely the Hulk. And you were struggling to reach it because of your big hands. I'm I'm struggling. I'm about to turn into the Hulk right now if you don't let me talk. (laughs) It was the pledge drive for maximum fun. It was obviously not a pledge drive for WFMU back when the best show was on WFMU because I contributed to some of the pledge drives there. And if you had heard me there, then you would have listened to the best show with Tom Sharpling and John Worcester, and then you would know a little bit better how to do these fake call-ins. Because those call-ins, they sound like he's making it up as he goes along. It sounds like improv. But as a matter of fact, whatever character John is doing, he plans out where he wants to go and what's going on and how to wrap it up. And Tom, 
and he work on that together, and they have a general sense, as Adar was saying, of how it's going to go. And it has this beautiful feeling of strangeness because they take their time. Like a lot of freeform radio, there isn't a lot of time constraints because there are no advertising. And they take their time and they go to weird places and it sounds like it's made up on the spot. But in fact, it's got direction and purpose. And it's a beautiful work of art that I would encourage you to listen to. Because though everyone has the idea in life that we'll just do it on the fly, it'll be fun. In fact, doing it on the fly is mostly fun for the people who are doing it. And not so much fun for the people who are there to see it, right? Because the people who are there to see it, if they sense that you are not prepared, if you don't have a plan, uh, then they're going to feel at sea, at loss. They're going to feel like, oh, I'm not central to this. This isn't being made for anyone other than the people who are making it. I should just leave or turn off the radio. What is it that um, Jimmy Pardo always talks about, Jesse Thorne, the, the term sprezzatura? Sprezzatura. Sprezzatura. It's an Italian word, I believe, right? It's an appetizer of some kind, Jesse? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's Italian for mozzarella sticks. Right. No, it is the illusion of spontaneity that is grounded in preparation. And even within improv, which, by the way, I do very little of, and what little I do is pretty... Even improv is founded upon... Preparation, whether that is rehearsal, training, learning how the other person works and supporting them when they're doing their thing and backing off when you're doing your thing. All that preparation goes into the improvisational moment of improv. Now, look, you guys have a lot of energy. I'm not surprised that people who listen to the radio station are like, this is a breath of fresh air. Oh, i got to wave this pot smoke away from me. This is a breath of fresh air here in Ashland, <laughs> Oregon. Love hearing these young people talk. But you guys have to get better. You have a basic natural energy that I enjoy. But Adara, let me, I'm going to be blunt. You know, you come to my podcast to plug your thing. So this is the critique now. You're more comfortable on your own show than on mine, Bobby. But Adara's got flow. She can say those sentences. She doesn't stop herself in the middle of stuff. She gets her words out. She's got a radiolicious voice. You've got funny, but you were a little jumpy on this show. You kind of were not getting your point across. You were kind of backing off your words. You were circling back around to something that we had already covered and that kind of thing. You got to get better. And you got to get better through preparation. But I will say this, Bobby. Mm-hmm. The Carl Weathers thing was pretty funny. <laughs> I enjoyed doing that with you. That was fun. I enjoyed it too. You got smooth then. Did you feel it? Did you feel that energy when you were on top of what you were saying? I did. It was magic. Well, yeah. Imagine if you were working with a truly skilled improviser. <laughs> but the fact is, what I was doing with you was giving you places to go, and you saw where to go, and you went there. Or you went in a different direction that was even more amusing for me. You know, I was providing a certain amount of structure, which is what the straight person does in these contexts. And you were weaving around that. And I did that because you had no structure other than I'm Carl Weathers, a star of Predator, which is actually a pretty funny joke. That Carl Weathers would think of himself as the star of Predator rather than think of himself <laughs> as Apollo Creed or something else. You know, that was a good joke. And I think that if you guys work together to prepare a little bit more and to support each other, which Adara is more than willing to do, this can be a good bit. But I think you have to get over the idea, Bobby, that the fun part is being disruptive for your co-hosts, because then you're just making the show for, not even for each other, you're making the show for yourself. And that's when people turn off, got to make the show for the world. Everybody who's out there listening. So you got to be smooth. you got to think ahead. you got to prepare. I've done lots of these episodes where I've not prepared enough, and it is not fun for me, and I don't think it's great for the audience. So I really work hard now to really get ahead of my words. I don't always do it, but the effort, I hope, shows. And I think that this bit can work. 
And then you've got the chops and you get better when you do it. And Adara is sitting there going, I want to help you. Don't mess us up. Don't make fake phone call sounds when we're not expecting it. Don't come in there and not know who you're doing or why you're doing it. They're here to help you. So I'm going to allow this bit to continue. But I am definitely going to rule in Adara's favor and suggest certain strictures, some of which she asked for. One of which is that you know who you're doing, that you let them know who you're doing. You give them at least an inkling of where you want to go with it so that they can support you and give you the structure that you need to get your jokes out. And then if you go in weird directions, they'll know that you're going off in a weird direction and you're doing it for a reason and they'll help you get around to it. And I think it would make sense for you guys to do a little rehearsal of this stuff off uh, radio. I know this is just fun time local radio. We're all just spinning Joe Bird of the Field Hippies at the end of the day. (laughs) But, uh, you know, take it seriously if you're going to do it at all. Because I think you guys can do better than two pledges in a pledge drive. I think you probably do four or six or eight or ten. So you're definitely going to figure out who you're going to do. You're going to plan it out a little bit. You're going to say, who who wants to take this call from Carl Weathers, who who believes that he's going to be in the next Predator movie, but doesn't isn't actually going to be in it. And one of them will say, me? And then you're going to go into another room, and you're going to call the studio. You're going to learn how to take that call in the studio. Or at least fake a phone call so that it's not just clearly you sitting there talking to them, but it sounds like a phone call. (laughs) And you're going to do one more thing, which is you're going to go back and listen to Rock, Rotten, Rule by Sharpling and Worcester. You're going to go back and listen to as many Sharpling and Worcester phone calls as you can, because he's not calling in as celebrities, mostly. Uh, He sometimes calls in as um, Gene Simmons. (laughs) Forgot about that. That's a good gag. And you should not feel self-conscious about borrowing, not actual bits or words, but getting inspiration, ideas, approaches for how to do these conversations. I think you'll enjoy them a lot. I think you'll learn from them a lot. And I think you guys will get to have something that is all your own pretty soon if you work at it a little bit more. You can't just go on a fairly popular podcast and drop the name of your show. What is it? Dream intruders? <laughs> Very close. Dream infringement. Dream infringement. On what station again? KSKQ. And where can it be found online? You can find us on SoundCloud by searching Dream Infringement. And we're also on Instagram and Facebook under Dream Infringement. You've got a great radio voice, Adar. You can't just go on a popular podcast and say those words and think that's all it takes. you got to make your thing the best it can be. And I know you can do it. Now I'll say... This is the sound of gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Adara, how are you feeling right now? I am feeling excited. Excited to get better and do good improv. And I also got Bobby a consolation prize. So I'm going to give that to him now. What? Here you go. Thank you. It's a little enamel pin of Fry from Futurama. He's my favorite character. Bobby, how are you feeling? Pretty good now that he got that enamel pin. (laughs) I'm feeling humbled because John Hodgman set me straight about not finishing my sentences. I do feel that I am not very prepared when I do my phone calls and I know that they can benefit from that. And I know that doing research is going to help. I've learned a lot. You really should be happy from this because this is going to give you a chance to listen to the legendary Sharpling and Worcester telephone call, The Gorch, in which Roland Gorchnik claims to be the original model for the Fonz and tries out, (laughs) insists that they play his regional hit from the 1950s, Chain Fight Tonight, and tries out his catchphrase, 63 years cool and still doing it, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm already laughing. But you know, the lesson here, Tom and John Worcester spend hours writing the material for those calls. They only appear to be purely improvised. So I think you've got a lot of work ahead of you, but if you put in the work, you'll have some fun. Thank you, both of you, for coming on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Another Judge John Hodgman case is in the books. In just a minute, we'll dispense some swift justice. But first, 
Our thanks to Adam Labont, or possibly Labonte, for naming this week's episode Jerky Duty. If you'd like to name a future episode, like Judge John Hodgman on Facebook, that's where we ask for your suggestions. It's worth doing just to see all the dumb puns that people come up with. You can follow us on Twitter at Hodgman and at Jesse Thorne. Hashtag you Judge John Hodgman tweets, hashtag JJHO. We always love to see what you think about the show. And check out the Maximum Fun subreddit at MaximumFun.reddit.com to discuss this week's episode. This week's episode, by the way, recorded by Jared Garcia at Blackstone Publishing and Downpour.com in Ashland, Oregon, and also by Joel Mann at WERU Radio in Orland, Maine. We'll see you next summer, Joel. Our producer, the ever-capable Ms. Jennifer Marmer. Now, Swift Justice, where we answer your small disputes with quick judgment. Gabrielle says... My office mate insists on letting women off of the elevator first, even when he's right by the door. I'm a woman. I prefer no morning traffic jam. Shouldn't chivalry be dead? I am a fan of people being polite to each other and allowing other people to exit first or what have you. And I prefer that this be done in a gender neutral way, Uh, you know, whatever way most efficiently evacuates an elevator or a small space and keeps things moving and keeps everyone happy. And part of keeping everyone happy is if you're a man in an elevator with a woman, don't be weird. Don't make any weird movements. Don't act in any unusual ways or ways that might make another person feel uncomfortable. And I think that it is fair that if you are standing, uh, you know, the elevators are very enclosed spaces where bad things could happen. And I think um, even a nice gesture might be interpreted as a a warning or a fear moment for a woman, especially if she is on her own or or for a man, for that matter. So I would say that the best way to exit an elevator, if you're in the front, leave. Don't be making any weird sort of twist arounds to kind of say, ladies, because that's no, we don't need it. We don't need it in that case. I think Gabriel is absolutely right. And in the same vein, I would like to point out that... um, We settled a docket question uh, back in episode 371 into the teal. A woman was in a dispute with her boyfriend. When she went over to boyfriend's house, she wanted to lock the doors at the house when he was of the habit to leave them unlocked. Uh, And she especially wanted to do this while showering. And we had a conversation about it. And ultimately, we ruled in her favor. If it makes her more comfortable to lock the doors, she should. But a number of people wrote in saying that um, we really downplayed the concern and, and fear that women have when they're alone in a home. It certainly was not our intention to downplay that, but enough people wrote in uh, pointing this out that I feel that we must have, and I I apologize for that. Absolutely, uh, you stand by the ruling and will reemphasize that if you are in a vulnerable position, whether you're a man, a woman, or non-binary, you're taking a shower, you're home alone, you're walking through a creepy basement, you should lock the door. You should do what it takes to make yourself feel and know that you are safe and comfortable. And don't let any podcast tell you different. So that's my apology for that one. Uh, and my ruling for the other one, uh, Ben uh, or anybody, don't be creepy on elevators in general. And um, I'm saying all this totally cognizant of the fact that um, this is my last time here in studio for the summer with Joel Mann and Joel living in Maine. You probably don't even know what an elevator is. <laughs> no, I've heard it referenced, but. Yeah. It's not something you see a lot here. No. No. I think they had one at the Bangor World's Fair a couple of years ago, just as a display. (laughs) As a display, right. (laughs) Joel, I just want to say thank you so much for making the summer such a treat. Thank you, John. uh, Same thing. I really appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. uh, You can go hear Joel, as they say, play at the Pentagoet Inn Tuesday nights through the end of September. Jesse Thorne, uh, what did you think? Do Do you agree or disagree with my ruling? I agree entirely with your ruling. And and I wanted to add about that case that came up a few weeks ago that, um, I think that one of the most important things for a person with privilege to learn about their own privilege is that their own experience is not universally applicable. Um, Men who have many forms of power in our culture, economic power, uh, often physical power, cultural hegemonic power, don't have the same experience as women. And so in situations like that, uh, where if you are a man, like you or me, John, 
uh, and you don't immediately understand or recognize the feelings that a, a woman is having in a certain situation, I think that a, a good way to move forward is to listen and presume that what feedback you are getting is uh, coming in good faith and uh, not start a fight about it. Huzzah to that. And huzzah to Maine. I don't know why I'm huzzahing. It's not a Ren fair. But it is a little old timey, but I am getting ready to go back to the future, uh, New York City. And I just want to say again, thank you, Maine, for having me. And thank you, Jesse, uh, for as always, for being such a great bailiff. And uh, I guess we'll see you next time on the Judge Sean Hodgman podcast, New York City edition. <laughs> MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.